today, I am super grateful, not only with the conversation between Jason and myself, but with clients. I am super grateful because I don't owe anyone money, especially family. The other part of me being grateful is I don't have any money out there that I've given or lent to friends and family. I learned that at a young age. And I know you have as well, Jason. In our younger days, we didn't know everything that we know today. So regarding borrowing money and lending money to friends and family, what is that experience that stands out for you? Yeah, gosh, I've got so many stories, Mike, good and bad. And, you know, you referenced it, right? In your early days, especially when you don't really have your big person job yet and you're not making a ton of money, it's just so easy to think, well, my parents, they make a ton of money, so they can just loan me the money for the car or for the house or for that vacation or whatever you're going to be doing. So it's so easy to get into that. Well, it's easy for them. So they should just give me that money and I'll just borrow it and then I'll pay it back. Or we have this mentality in our culture in the last few decades now of, well, I'll just put that on a credit card. I'll get a personal loan. I'll, you know, get some kind of um, loan vehicle in order to pay for whatever it is that I want to do that I really want to do. And so we fall into this trap of debt and we've talked about this before, and you can find other videos and other resources on it that we provide, is that debt always brings risk. And it doesn't matter who you're borrowing from. It doesn't matter who you're loaning to. It doesn't matter what the interest rate is. It doesn't matter what the, the value of it is. It always brings some kind of risk. And I really, really hit that nail on the head all the time. I just keep saying that debt brings risk. And it's, it doesn't mean that... Um, that all debt is the same. It just means that all debt brings risk. So something um, that I would say is I learned the hard way because I did borrow money from people in my early days and I have had loans on things. And I've also been on the other side where I have loaned money out to friends, family, uh, roommates, all, all those kinds of things. We'll tell a story in a little bit here. But I've just found that it is true that any kind of borrowing and loaning relationship changes that dynamic. It changes that kind of relationship. Even if you have a great relationship and everything is fine, there is something psychologically and emotionally attached to somebody loaning somebody else some money. And there's all kinds of things that you can do to get into bad habits and bad uh, relationship dynamics if that is the case. But there are some things that you can do as the borrower, and there are some things that you can do as the lender in order to help that relationship not go toxic and judgmental and all the things. So we're going to walk through that in just a minute. But let's tell a few stories, Mike. Uh, how did you discover this relationship dynamic when it comes to borrowing and lending? Uh, and uh, how old were you or, or what is the situation for you? The first time that I ever was in this situation, I was probably honestly 14 years old. And I had a thousand dollars that someone at school wanted to borrow from me. And I did it. And I was like, oh man, I'm a loan shark because we had the terms and I was going to get $1,100 back in 30 days. So I made 10% of my money in 30 days. I'm super lucky that he actually paid me back. Now I do not know what the money was for. I probably do not want to know what the money was for, but it worked out. 
but it, he could have easily taken that money and nothing would have happened, right? I'm, I might have been really mad. I might have wanted to beat him up, you know, 14 years old, testosterone, all that stuff. I didn't know what I was doing, right? That was my example. I got out of that luckily. And then a few years later, I actually used my dad as a co-signer for a few things. If you know anything about my story, I borrowed $200,000 in a 12-month period, only making $25,000 a year. So I couldn't, banks aren't going to lend me money, right? Because they knew it was too risky. It was too risky for me to be a borrower from there. So I had to use my dad as a co-signer. And he didn't have the ability to say no to me at that time. So one of the things that Jason kind of alluded to was the things that we're going to talk about be of which side of your own, your lender or the borrower. I have learned to be on neither side. I say no. No is a complete sentence. I now give money to people in situations that I deem necessary. But if I feel like they're going to do something irresponsible with it, no. And I don't feel better and I don't lose any sleep over that at all. Mm. But I know, Jason, you have different points of view. Yeah. So please share with us your yeah. story. Let's be let's be really clear there. I want to make sure that uh, we note that uh, your comment about you have given money where people have asked you to borrow money. Let's talk through that before I tell my story of let's be clear, because sometimes we say, well, but so and so has the money. So why can't I borrow it from them or why can't they give it to me? Like, what is the differentiation there when you say you've given people money, but you won't lend them money? What is that? Explain that a little bit. Yeah, certainly. So I've had coworkers in the past ask me if they could borrow a hundred bucks. And I said, no, I, I can't do that. But I'll tell you what, I can give you a hundred bucks. So I'll give it to you. I don't need to know what it's for. I don't need you to pay me back. I don't need any of that. You are in a situation, especially for only a hundred bucks, that you clearly need this. So I gave him a hundred bucks. No expectations, nothing. I don't care. Don't want it. And that worked out really well because I've also been in situations where people wanted to borrow more money, so thousands of dollars. And I had to say no because I could not give it. I didn't feel good about giving it and um, because they asked the bar and I wasn't doing that. I had already made the decision. I wasn't doing that. And the amount of money they asked for, I couldn't give it at that time. And it, I, that one specifically that I'm thinking of worked out really well because that person actually passed away six months later. Wow. Wow. So that's really interesting because I, I'm, I think I'm more wired where I know that I would be judgmental. So I almost mm -hmm. want to know what it's for so that I can say yes or no. So if somebody asked me for a hundred dollars, even if it was just a hundred dollars, that's not huge in the grand scheme. But if they were going to spend a hundred dollars on something that I don't approve of, or I knew it was harmful to them, then I would probably say, no, I'm not going to give you a hundred dollars for that. That's ridiculous because mm -hmm. I love you and I don't want you to harm yourself with this hundred dollars yet at the same time, double standard, right? I'll go and I'll spend a hundred dollars on something that's harmful to me. And then, you know, there, there's a problem there, but I would always kind of want to know and, Maybe I can be swayed to not know, but I just, it is so interesting that you say, I don't even want to know. And it doesn't really matter to me because the point of your gift giving in that situation is it doesn't matter what it's for. It could be harmful, but you're doing work on yourself in your idea of living is giving. We've talked about that before. And so it's like, wow, 
if if your process is just the gift giving and it doesn't matter what they're doing with the gift, that is a uh, soul exercise in itself for you. Is that what I'm reading from you? Yes. And I wouldn't say that I'm doing that 100% of the time. There are situations where they may ask for me that that $100 single dad, you know, I'm not, he, he's not doing anything dumb. I haven't witnessed this. I've worked with him for years, but if there's someone else, let's go with my, my sister. She asked for money. Well, I'm probably not even going to give her money because I am judgmental on how they spend their money and I don't agree with it. Okay. Right. So that's probably where I do say no quite a lot when I don't agree with something. Gotcha. Okay. So it really, you're taking your assessment of what you know of them as a person and their behaviors and habits. And then you're, you're making that uh, determination, whether you're giving money or not giving money based on that versus what their answer is to, well, what is it for? Correct. All right. Yeah. I mean, if, that makes if they're living in, a, in congruence with the, the, my values or what I think their value should be, like if it's good, then I'm going to be good to a good person. I'm I'm not here to give a drunk a drink by any means. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Okay. So then uh, let me tell you the story when I first discovered how dramatically this can change uh, a relationship. So I was not 14. I was probably... 18, 19, somewhere around there, 18, 19, 20, somewhere in that range at college. And we moved off campus and I had a couple of roommates and I being the person that I am uh, and the person that was good at the numbers, I would track all of the bills, right? Our rent was due because we weren't, we're no longer in the dorms. So we had to actually pay somebody rent for the first time in your life. And you had to pay for the electricity and all the utilities and the phone bill back when we had landlines and all the things. So I would keep on a ledger, those old school ledgers, all of the roommates and all of what they've uh, owed for every month. And then at the end of the month, we would reconcile and say, okay, so-and-so you owe me this much money. So-and-so you owe me this much money because I paid the companies and then they would reimburse me their share. And uh, one of my roommates was having kind of a hard time. I guess he just wasn't good at managing money. I didn't realize it at the time, uh, but he didn't have the money, so he couldn't pay me that month. Okay, not that big of a deal, a couple hundred bucks. And then the next month would come by and he didn't have enough money to pay me the whole thing. So he paid me a little bit of money for some utilities or whatever. He's trying to catch up at this point. And again, we're all 18, 19, 20 years old. I can understand where it's difficult, but I kind of let this this go and he would kind of catch up a little bit and then you'd fall back again and we kind of catch up a little bit and then fall back again. Anyway, by the end of our time of living together, he ended up owing me probably 12 or $1,300. So significant for a 20 year old to owe somebody $1,200, let's say. And I would ask him every month, hey, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? He ended up moving out, right? So we didn't live together anymore. So I didn't see it was like out of sight, out of mind for him. And I'll tell you, Mike, the day that this guy went out and bought a bass guitar and an amplifier, and I don't know how much he spent on that, but I can guarantee you it was at least five or $600 that he bought uh, music equipment. And I was furious. I was absolutely furious. I wanted to take this guy and put him up against the wall because how dare he owe me $1,200 and he goes out and he uh, frivolously spends six or $700 probably on this equipment. I could not believe it. 
One, because I would never do something like that. And so there was a little, there was a lot of bit of judgment in there, but also I just didn't understand how he would, well, how could he treat me that way? Right. I felt so hurt and it wasn't all hundred percent about the money. It was more about him treating me like he was taking advantage of me and whether he knew it or not, or whether he felt guilty or not, I will never know that. But he did something that I would not have considered okay to do to a friend, somebody who was close to being a best friend, right? We're roommates, we multiple years living together, right? You get close and it just, it was basically the end of the friendship. And I didn't write him off completely, but I basically wrote that dollars off. I said, okay, I'm never going to see that $1,200 again. I can't force him to pay me. I can't do any of this stuff. What I can do is remind him. And I don't know, actually, if I reminded him kindly or if I reminded him passively, aggressively, I don't remember. But years later, I mean, this had to be five or six years later, we were at a wedding. He's already married. I'm not married, but I moved out of town and I was um, back in town for a friend's wedding. And this guy being married comes up to me and says, hey, Jason, I'm so sorry. And he hands me a check. For $1,200. And he said, I'm really sorry that I didn't pay you back. And it took me this many years. And I, at this point, remember, I wrote that money off a long time ago. And that restored the relationship, not because he paid me back, but because he apologized, he owned up to his mistake. And then yes, also he paid me back. He righted the wrong so that we can actually restore the relationship. And it's interestingly enough, because he actually said, um, my wife and I were having a conversation and she's, she reminded me that when you owe somebody money like that, it's not right to leave them hanging. They're probably uh, needing that money, or maybe even if they don't need that money, there's something going on there. So I'm really thankful for her for influencing him and allowing him to grow up a little bit as well. And then I'm really proud of him for coming and saying, yeah, you know what? I did something that wasn't so cool that's not cool to you. And I want to write that wrong. And we're not really in touch now, but we have had conversation and connections in the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, so at least that relationship is not completely lost where it's like, I'll never talk to them again. It's still like, I, I can go back and tell the story and get emotional and get, you know, have those feelings come up again. But if he still owed me the $1,200, I probably would have a different perspective. Uh, and if you never apologize, I'd have a different perspective. So that was where I realized, wow, money can completely ruin a relationship. And it's not literally the dollars. Hear me mm -hmm. clearly. It's not literally the dollars. It's actually the heart space behind it. So if you loan somebody money, which we don't really recommend, but if you did loan somebody money and they can't pay you back for whatever reason, right? They're homeless or they're, you know, in a really, really tough situation where they can't pay you back. You know, you can do some things to make that relationship more comfortable and not awkward. And then let's talk a little bit, Mike, about uh, if you have borrowed money from somebody and how, what you can do to make sure that they don't have, the, the lender doesn't have any kind of judgment or, and this comes sometimes through holidays, uh, vacation, spending time with family. If you have borrowed or loaned uh, money to family and you're around them, that can be really, really awkward and really uh, hard to be. And some people I know avoid family reunions. 
they avoid holidays, they avoid parties because they feel guilty or something is going on in that relationship around money. So Mike, let's walk through a couple of things. First, as the person loaning the money, if you have loaned somebody else money, what can you do to help make that relationship uh, correct? And then we'll talk a little bit about what do you do if you have borrowed money from somebody? Certainly. Well, thank you for that story. And as you can have witnessed, money is emotional. I could see Jason getting emotional in a story that's over 20 years old. Yeah. And me too. I can get emotional about it. And that's why I have chosen on both sides to never lend money and to never borrow money. Again, I'm not saying that I didn't do it, right? I told you stories of where I lent money out. Now, where I actually asked to borrow money, I wasn't in a great spot. And my coworker at the time, he got me to sign a piece of paper saying that he lent me this amount of money. Now, it was only a couple hundred bucks, but he got me to sign this. And like, I was like, man, at first I was like, down, he doesn't trust me enough to pay him back. What does that say about me? Wait, I don't trust myself to not be in this position again. All right. I was, I was, I was only upset with him for a moment when really the, the problem was me. You is always the person in your mirror. I want you to hear that. It's always going to be the reflection. So what in me needed to change? I needed to get organized. I needed to not ask to borrow money. And it took him signing, a, I mean, a tiny piece of paper, just saying that I, I borrowed this. It's a contract, if you will. And that made me never ask money from anyone again. And it made me get really uh, in tune with where I was financially and started making some changes, which mm -hmm. I'm super grateful for because it is emotional. Money is emotional and we want to make sure that we want to take as much risk when it comes to borrowing and lending, right? Debt. We want to take the risk off of the table. Yeah. So I would say if, if you were to ask me, Jason, uh, what do I do? I have loaned my children money or I've loaned my brother money or I've, I've loaned, you know, somebody in my family or a roommate or something money. And it's starting to change the relationship, which most likely it will. What would I tell you to do? I would probably say, make sure that the relationship is the priority, not the dollars, right? It's not, the dollars are important because of what that speaks to, but make sure that the relationship is the highest priority. So I would actually tell you if you're in that situation, I would say, address it. You have to talk about it. And don't think, well, if, if I just don't say anything, then eventually they're going to pay me back and everything's going to be fine again. Because if they take too long, in your mind, too long to pay you back, then you have the temptation to judge them. And you have the temptation to think, gosh, they are not responsible or they are not uh, good with you know uh, their responsibilities and all the things. So you have to correct that for yourself. You have to work through that and process that. But then also think about what it, it, it feels like on their end. And we're going to talk about that in a second too, is what must they be going through? If they're a honorable uh, in, uh, person of integrity, they're going to feel absolutely guilty about having money that they have borrowed from you. So especially in a parent-child relationship, 
It's a little bit different if it's if your peers, but if you're in a parent-child relationship and you're the parent and you have loaned the, your child money, they have and if they are a person of character and integrity. They are going to feel guilty and probably ashamed that they owe you this money. And so, if you can keep the perspective to say, "What must it feel like?" and "What would make them feel better?" How can I do that? Because Mike says this all the time, and it's actually an old phrase. Uh, comes most famously from the Bible, where it says the borrower is slave to the lender. And that's a fantastic translation. When you think about slavery, that means there is a master and there is a slave. The power dynamic between those two is astronomical. And so if you have loaned money to somebody else, you have become their master. You have become in charge of their emotions in charge of their finances, in charge of them mentally, and sometimes even in charge of them physically, because they will coil from you. They will recoil from you. They will be scared of you, which is why we talked about a minute ago, people avoid going to family reunions. They avoid going to parties. They avoid holidays with their family if they owe money. So I would say as the loner, you can say, hey, Mike, for example, right? Mike or my child or Mike or my you know friend or whatever that I have loaned money to. I said, hey, Mike, can we just talk about this for a second? I know you borrowed money from me a couple months ago. So it was a couple hundred dollars or it was a thousand dollars or whatever our deal was. I just want to make sure that you know that I, uh, I know that you're good for your word. You are going to pay me back. Let's create some kind of plan for you to pay me back. But I want to make sure that our relationship stands above anything else. So if there's a problem, if you can't honor your your deal, if you something comes up, please come talk to me about that. Don't don't separate more and more of the relationship because I want to make sure that our relationship stays intact no matter what. That's more important to me than the money. And then what you can do uh, to Mike's uh, point is just forgive it. You can forgive it and say, you know what? I know that we set that up as a loan. And I don't want this to be a problem. It's starting to become a problem. And if you can't pay me back, I understand that. I, I know I've been in the situation. I can get, uh, you know what? Let's just X out that dollar amount as uh, a loan and say, you know what? I just want to bless you. I want to gift that money to you. You don't have to pay me back. No strings attached. I don't want to have anything to do with that. Uh, what, you, what you spend money on and what you don't spend money on. So I'm just going to forgive that loan. And I don't want you to feel guilty that you have to pay me back like emotionally for this. This is truly a gift because I can afford it. And I, and, but what I can't afford is to lose the relationship. Mm, beautiful. That's the conversation that needs to happen when you have loaned somebody money. Now, if you do need that money back, then you do have to come up with some kind of plan where they can pay you back. And I would actually recommend that somehow if they can go and find a loan from the credit union or the bank or whatever, I would rather have them owe the bank money than you. Because yes. if they do that, then your relationship can be restored and then the money piece can be handled by the financial institution. That's what their job is. Uh, now, that there's dangers with that, which we've talked about before, but at least the relationship is intact and that's the most important thing. So, Mike, do you have anything on that, on that side of the equation where we're talking about uh, if you are the person that is loaning the money to another person, is there anything you'd want to add to that? No, you stated it beautifully and everything that I was thinking uh, you, you stated. So 
just don't do it. Right. It changes everything. And I know that Jason and I have been talking about small amounts of money, you know, 100, 200, 1,000, 2,000. So I have had clients that have tens of thousands of dollars, either owing to a parent or a family member, or have lent it, both actually. And we've got to get that relationship back to where it is because that, like Jason said, is the most important thing. That's what you want to do. And my experience and my recommendation is for you to go, if you have borrowed this, go to the bank and get that personal loan, right? Get this and pay the family member back and just owe the bank because that relationship is there. And if you have, you were the borrower or Jason was saying, suggest that, suggest that they try to get a personal loan. So we, and maybe you don't even take the full amount. Let's say you bought your kid a $30,000 car in this case, just say, okay, I'm going to forgive $10,000. If you go get a loan for $20,000 and you pay the bank back, we can be done with it. And that's it, right? Be willing to take what a stupid tax or, or like a stupid tax that you've made a mistake in lending money out and give them a discount in the same process, right? You're giving them only $10,000 instead of $30,000 in this example. Yeah. And when we, when we talk about relationships, right, what is the, the cost? What is the price tag on a healthy good relationship? I mean, we would always say there is no price tag. You can't put a price tag on uh, a good solid relationship. You can't. So by taking the $10,000 hit in that example, like I would pay $10,000 a hundred times over a hundred if it would keep all my relationships intact and healthy. Like, yeah, that's, that's a no brainer. You just do it because it's more important. I mean, it's a little bit like when we talk about if, uh, you know, we, we would recommend avoiding debt, you know, at, at all costs. But if you got really sick and you had to go to the hospital and your insurance only covered 80% of it, but it, you owe $100,000 and you don't have that money. Well, yeah, you take the debt because it's going to save your life. Like, you know, you don't want to say, well, you know what? I don't borrow money, so I'm not going to owe the hospital money. And so go ahead and let me die. Or you would figure it out. You take the debt on and you say, yeah, this isn't great, but at least I'm alive. And now I can go fix the problem financially and however I want to do, right? There are certain circumstances that you cannot put the price tag on. So on the debt side, that's one extreme example, but that's an example where I would say, yeah, you take on that debt to save your life and you figure out the finances later because the life is more important. Just like what we're talking about where, yeah, I would, I would give that discount or do whatever you need to do to save the relationship because having a bunch of bad relationships in your life, it's not worth all of that, you know, all of that stress and all the things we've been talking about. Like I would rather lose money and save the relationship then lose a relationship to save money. Mm. Okay. All right. So let's kind of land the plane. What do you do if you're on the other side of the equation? How can you save the relationship and not feel as awkward if you have borrowed money from somebody else? Mike, you've been in this situation. I've been in this situation. What are some of your thoughts on what can I do if I'm the one who borrowed the money from somebody else? And it's starting to get a little bit weird uh, they're starting to speak into my life and say, Hey, why are you going on that vacation? You owe me money. Or they're starting to say passive aggressive things to me when I, when they see me do things in life. Uh, what do I do there? If I'm that borrower. Have the conversation as well. You've got to share these things. You got to share these, these feelings of the relationship 
is more important than the money. And try your hardest to pay it off. Try the hardest to go get a personal loan. Get it somewhere else. You don't have that relationship with the bank like you do with your mother-in-law, right? The relationship is important. That's the focus. So have the conversation, be open, and really get that debt off your plate. Yeah. Something that came to mind, I mean, I would give the same advice, just like, like Mike was saying, you have to put your cards on the table. And you know what? Before you actually have that conversation, you need to to look in that mirror that Mike was talking about before, right? That reflection is like, oh gosh, what's going on in my mind? What's going on in my heart? What's What am I feeling here? I'm feeling guilty. I'm feeling ashamed. I feel like I just want to recoil from that relationship. I don't like how I feel when they're saying things about my life and, and it feels like they're controlling and all that. Yeah, because remember, they're now your master and you are now the slave. So how do we get out of that relationship? Or how do we get out of that dynamic? We can save the relationship. So Mike's suggestion right there is find another way to get money to pay them back. That's that's fantastic. But I would say get to the point where you can actually have humility, true humility, and go to them and say, hey, I, I'm seeing a problem here. I borrowed money from you. I'm feeling tremendous guilt over this and I'm feeling ashamed and embarrassed and I gosh I'm so sorry it's starting to affect what I think of you and how I I'm just afraid of you and the the comments that you've made make me feel like you're judging me for the things that I'm doing in my life can we just have a conversation about this I know this is scary it's totally scary and you can just say that as in a humble place not in a fearful place but in a humble place to say we need to have this conversation please is there something that you can see where I can have some of this burden lifted somehow, some way? Do you see a creative way that I can do this? I'm thinking about going and getting a personal loan to pay you back because I want I want our relationship to be number one. And if you have that kind of conversation, usually the person on the other, other side will do one of a few things. One, they could truly just forgive that loan like we just talked about. Two, they can say, yeah, that's a great idea. Go and get a personal loan because I'm noticing it too that I'm actually feeling judgmental towards you, or I notice that you're pulling away from me and that's not fun for me either. I wanna save the relationship. Or the third way is, okay, let's get you some help so that you can get on a plan to pay me back as soon as possible because then I know that you're gonna come up with it. And that's something that Coach Mike and I are saying will be like, yeah, financial coaching is a great option for that person because they can help them get organized so that they can actually be more in charge and intentional about their money so that they can actually pay you back really quickly. Right. So that's something, too. If you want to gift somebody something instead of forgiving the loan, you can say, can I gift you some coaching? Uh, can I gift you a course? Can I gift you this resource that will help you get organized with your money? That's something that's really, really powerful. So if you are on that end, humble first. Right. Uh, reflection first. Look at yourself. Humble second. And then have that conversation. When you have that conversation, usually somebody is going to respond really well. But if you don't have that conversation, you start drifting apart. And then the conversations that you do have are not going to go well because there is judgment there and there is shame here. And when you have that combo, it's a disaster, right? So that's uh, both sides of the spectrum where you're saying I owe somebody money or somebody owes me money. And that's how you keep that relationship really, really strong and firm. Uh, so this is such a great conversation because so many people are in this situation and mm -hmm. 
you know, we understand the dynamics of how human beings work and we understand how money works as well and all that and how they're related. So if you're in one of those positions, have that conversation, make sure that you keep that um, relationship as a priority. Mike, do you have anything to add to close this critical topic, very important topic uh, on borrowing and lending for within family or friends? Nope, nothing more to add. It is hard, but not impossible. So just take action. Yeah, you can do it. All right, thanks friends. Uh, we know this was helpful for you. Sit with it for a while, rewatch what you need to go back, remember, uh, relationships is the priority. And we'll see you on another video.